Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today we are venturing into inner space as we take a bot-tastic voyage. Wait, wait, we're do- we're doing an episode of inner space? I don't know. Coolio I- song reference here. Oh, oh, I forget. R.I.P. Coolio. Martin Short and... Uh, Martin Short, Dennis... Not Randy Quaid? Uh, Dennis Quaid Dennis and Quaid. Meg Ryan. Okay. Actually, I just watched it uh, the other day. Does it does oh. it hold up? Because I haven't watched it since I was a kid. It does hold up. Okay. I mean, oh. Martin Short's very funny. Uh, the, the practical effects are, are very uh, are very cool. Uh, Robert Picardo is in it. Ooh. Ooh, I forgot about Picardo. Doctor. Wait, Picardo with or without hair? Uh, with hair. What? Oh, so a shocking Picardo. Oh, well, he, that's, he's that also playing distressing. like an Eastern European high-tech thief known as the Cowboy. Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. Has Picardo ever played a role with hair where he's not evil? Uh, oh, wow. Um, probably not. Wow, evil, think evil hair. Yeah. Because I think he's also got hair when he's a werewolf in The Howling. <laughs> oh, he's in The Howling? Wow, yeah, he probably he, got hair he's, right he's like a serial killer in The Howling who's also a werewolf. Oh, wow. I haven't seen The Howling in forever, and it is howling season. I should get to that. That's time. right. How? Anyway, robots for chi- little yeah. children. This is the first, this is the ninth episode of season three. Uh, first aired December 20th, 2014. Uh, written by Zach Atkinson. Uh, hmm. re- has written a number of rescue bus scripts. Last hmm. seen, uh, writing In Search of the Griffin's Nest. Ooh, I was gonna say it's a very familiar name. And he, uh, he also, he's also done some robots in disguise and also a, a lot of cyberverse. Ooh. Presumably not the, like, part where there's a, a meta plot, because the meta plotting of Cyberverse is not great. Well, I believe he did, um, like, the episode right before the, the like, big episode right before the finale. Hmm, okay. It's mostly just that Cyberverse doesn't seem to know, like where its cutoffs are. Like, it doesn't seem to be aware of when the end of a season is, or the beginning of the next season, or like, when a mid-season arc might be happening. It just... Things are just... It's probably not so bad now that it's finished, but if you watch it in any kind of like, season order, it's like, that's... Why are we why are we ending the season here when we have five episodes left? That kind of feeling. Oh, okay. Well, we'll figure that out in a couple of years. Or actually, wait, how long? Someday. Is there anything between the uh, robots in disguise and Cyberverse? No. So no. we'll we'll finish up our robots in disguise rescue bot shuffle, and then we'll get to Cyberverse. But we'll still have we rescue bot seasons. <laughs> Yes, because we'll have Rescue Bots Academy. Yes. Rescue Bots for Eternity, which is wonderful. So much Rescue Bots. And speaking of Rescue Bots, this episode opens with Doc Green, who has just put in a new bioelectric chip into uh, his floating headbot dither. <laughs> yeah, he, he gave it an upgrade. 
upgrade so for a more powerful toast. Yes, because he initiates toast protocol. <laughs> the most important protocol. Yes. Unfortunately, this seems to have been less about making toast and more about going on a rampage, stealing every toaster in town. <laughs> He's trying to weaponize toast. He, he ends up with toaster chucks. He, the, these are absolutely toaster chucks. It's great. Like he, he busts into the mayor's house. Wait, does, uh, the, uh, he, does he steal his toupee? He or- does not. He just steals his toaster. Oh, kind of surprising. We haven't seen the mayor really in a while, and I don't think he's lost his toupee in quite a bit. Oh. <laughs> Actually, has he, have we seen him really this season? I think maybe the beginning, but... I think at the beginning, but we have mm-hmm. not seen him a ton. Not, not a lot of him or Huxley Prescott. Yeah. I would like to know more about this new technology, but sadly that is beyond the, the scope of this show. <laughs> So he's, uh, you know, he's he's now heading out of town, and luckily nobody, you know, you'd have to be some kind of like crazy hermit to live out there. And cut to uh, Griffin Rock's resident crazy hermit, uh, Professor Anna Baranova. Yay, she's so relatable. Uh, you recall that she lived almost thirty years living alone uh, at the bottom of the sea. Underneath the that sounds nice. Lab. And somehow did not succumb to ocean madness. Ocean madness Space isn't a thing. Madness. Space madness. That's no excuse for ocean rudeness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, of course, still, as always, voiced by uh, prolific voice actor Kath Susie. Another one of those where, like, sort of like Maurice LaMarche, where, like, he can't, he does have this very wide range. She does have this very wide range, but she's really just doing, like, a normal people voice here. Yeah. Well, often she's voicing, like, small children. Hmm. Yes. As like you recall, the- she was, uh, oh. I was going to say that she is the younger sister who is never seen on screen in uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Uh, but yeah, she, and uh, she was a Professor Princess on uh, Transformers Animated. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's also been popping up on Pluto TV. Again, still, I'm, I need to see if they've got rescue bots anywhere on there because I really feel that they should. It, it seems still like a thing they would have. It continues to be an animated R.I.D. Cyberverse rotation with Unicron Trilogy on the weekends. Hmm. They they have not yet started to mix it up. Hmm. Anyway, so she she's out there. She is uh, she's about to be toast chucked, <laughs> and then thinking fast, she says, "Hey, I'd uh, I'd like some toast." And so he just goes and plugs these toasters in so as to make some toast. <laughs> yes. Yes, they they cut away to the opening. The mortal peril so that they can initiate episode uh, is that he, he is, uh, Dither is flying towards her with these toasters swinging. Uh, but yes, she just asks him to make some toast. And he's like, oh, I, I'm going to make some toast. Sounds nice. I'd like some toast. 
So, yeah, and, you know, uh, uh, Cade is there, and he asks if, you know, he's got any sourdough. <laughs> and also we get a brief uh, conversation with... Uh, Doc Green and Professor Baron over here, accompanied by some sexy saxophone music. <laughs> it seems unwarranted. Hmm. I mean, listen, Doc, Doc Green is a man who who knows the value of a good saxophone. I mean, we, we have established that he has moves. Yes. <laughs> that uh, the chief wanted to make use of while he had his body in a previous episode. The man has skills that will pay the bills. (laughs) (laughs) He's open to experimentations in more than just the lab, but also (laughs) in the lab. Maybe especially in the lab. (laughs) Anyway. You really gotta... uh, be careful not to contaminate your equipment, though, as we will find out momentarily. Yes, because indeed, it seems that there's a problem with a bioallergic chip, and it seems that it has become contaminated with bacteria. <gasps> but they assembled hey, it in the clean room. Yeah, also, so, this seems like a, a very, like... It seems like a pretty serious weakness. Yes. So, you know, they, they, they try and clean out the uh, the clean room. They've got uh, They've got some scrub mites. Which are kind of, you know, they're kind of nanobots. Yeah, they're kind of scraplety, not quite as cute, but... Yes, they've got, like, sort of rotating scrub brushes for heads, which is kind of cool, but they're the ones with, like, bugs. They're neat. They're a really neat design. But it seems the contaminant in the clean room uh, was Doc Green's breakfast donut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! Wait, this is, like, the second or third time donuts have caused problems in this series? Yes. <laughs> well... Donuts it, are a menace. Listen, don't blame the donut. Blame the Cade. What? Because yes. <laughs> admittedly, most of the time, it is Cade-involved donut situation, but still. Yeah, because it seems that this donut is indeed contaminated with bacteria, but Cade promptly eats it. Well, hmm. to be fair, Cade was not the one who put it in the clean room. This is true. That was Dot Green. He would think he would know better, but I'm sure he was busy thinking about important things. But you know, it, it you know, it's probably harmless bacteria. It's totally fine. Totally, just as as Doc Green says, the human body is uh, better at dealing with bacteria than this bioelectric chip. Which is what I told myself before eating, like, week-old tuna salad from the fridge. (laughs) Of course, Kate... I was fine. And, of course, Kate excused eating his donut with, uh, hey, I didn't get any toast. (laughs) Fair, Uh, fair. And also, somewhere around here, Doc Green mentions uh, something about how it being what's what's inside that counts. How, you know, what's... It's really, you know, what counts is what's inside. And this has prompted the uh, the bots to clean out their interiors. Also, Cade, upon eating the donut and being questioned for it, points out that donuts are the bacon of breakfast food. Yes, which oh God, yes that, what the fuck? Raises some, some questions <laughs> as to what he thinks bacon is for. But it's pretty... I like that. I mean, just also, as cookies are sometimes food, bacon isn't always food. 
as as someone who is now frequently uh, in a, a sort of semi-office environment, I do relate strongly to Cade just picking up any random donuts he finds sitting around and eating them. Because <laughs> if, I, if I am in, like, a different area of the building and there are donuts, I will take a donut. <laughs> I mean, if they're out, no. Yeah. Gonna go for that. Occasionally I'll ask how long they've been there. <laughs> there was one day when the neighboring department had a cheesecake sitting over there, and I was like, how long has this been here? And Ooh. the guy was like, over 24 hours now. And I was like, okay, I will decline. Yeah, in the open <laughs> air, no. Well, it, it had a top over it, but it was at room temperature. Yeah, I... I mean, even yeah. if it wasn't contaminated with deadly bacteria, I don't want room temperature cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, not, definitely not if it's, like, been at room temperature for long enough that it's absolutely room temperature all the way through. That's not, it's not I mean, good. that cheesecake is going to be as sweaty as M&M's palms. Ugh, ugh, yeah. So anyway, I can personally forgive Cade for just scarfing up a random donut that he saw yes. on Dot Green's desk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, bots are cleaning out their interior. Blades thinks he has a pen stuck under one of his seats. <laughs> oh yeah, d- just seeing like Bulkhead vacuuming himself is weird. <laughs> He's got to tidy himself up. That's bothering Heatley, who's trying to watch TV. Yes. But, you know, he, say, he says he's signed to this because, you know, Cade appears to be, you know, a tough guy, but he's uh, he's actually a big softy inside. So, uh, so Heatwave, uh, I'm going to say absolutely always watching, like, survival reality shows. Absolutely. That's, he's he's definitely, like, a survival man kind of guy. Maybe, maybe he likes that show Alone, which, yeah. uh, which my family's really into. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My parents watch some of that stuff sometimes. I mean, when it's, they're it's, not when they're not watching their murders, <laughs> cozy British murders, occasional <clears throat> David Warner on them. And as as they have pointed out, that you always know that if the guest star is someone like David Warner, that's who did it. Well, yes. <laughs> it's, it's usually safe to assume that David Warner in anything is the murderer. Yes, that's that's entirely fair. If murders involved, yes. I mean, there are obviously some, some exceptions. In Star Trek Six, he gets murdered. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, that's probably the big example. And I guess nobody really gets murdered in uh, Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze. Well, like I said, if murder is involved, he will be the yes. murderer. If there is no murder, he's fine. Yes. He's not going to randomly start murdering outside of genre. I mean, there's there's a movie with him and Malcolm McDowell, and somehow David Warner is the murderer. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, overpowering Malcolm. He trumps McDowell. Wow. Well, specifically, uh, he's Jack the Ripper, and Malcolm McDowell is H.G. Wells. Uh, oh. Yeah, I guess the casting works. I was caught by surprise when I was rewatching Twin Peaks for the first time in a very long time uh, when he and uh, Tony J. Oh, that's right. Were in some episodes, and I'm pretty sure they didn't murder anybody, even though they that did show not. did have murders. I think Tony was, J. gets killed. That was pretty fun. Yeah, maybe. 
again, now it's been an additional, like, seven years or so. I mean, that second season's so, a big blur of weirdness. It It is. It really is. Anyway, so, uh, so you know, Cade, you know, he, he, he insists that he is not really a big softie. And also, he's got an odd case of the hiccups. Oh, yeah, the hiccups. The, the hiccups that end up killing him, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so they, they head over to the lab, and they're going to fix this window that uh, Dither busted out of. And, you know, they're, they're trying to get the, the scrub mites back from the clean room, but they're missing six of them. So, you know, oh, they're, no. they're, they're, they're looking around, looking around. Where could they be surprised they're inside, Kate? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Because they were already getting to work cleaning that donut. Yes. And unfortunately, if they're inside him, they will eat all of the good bacteria that are in him and he will die. This is a very important lesson about probiotics. And also, like... I feel like the hiccups here really should have been belching then. Yes. Like, I don't know if digestive, like, gut health imbalances would cause hiccuping, but they would definitely cause belching. I mean, what they would cause is terrible diarrhea, but we're not covering that on this show. Yes. Hiccups is funnier and better and, and less repeatable actions. Like having small children trying to burp is more annoying yeah, this, than hiccups. I I feel like that's the sort of thing that's hilarious to the target age group, but I feel like the show is too wholesome to go there. Yes, yes. Have we have we really even had a fart joke? Not so much the fart. We've had some burping. No. Yeah, but not like, like chronic burping. No, it was only like a couple times an episode, and most of it was Danny. Also, sometimes I have to drink lots of, like, kombucha and kefir and yogurt stuff because my immune system will start doing exactly what is happening here. And I have never had hiccups, but the the gas can be rather fragrant. Uh, yes, I understand. I don't think gas. they wanted to go with that either. <laughs> no. Although, I, I've heard that, like, some people hiccup instead of burping. Sometimes, which Ooh. seems weird. That does seem weird. I mean, I I wish I could do that. I don't trust it, considering the frequency of my burps. But. Anyway, I question the. I I feel like maybe the the <clears throat> hiccuping was a stand-in for belching that someone fairly felt that was maybe not suited to the yes. uh, the mood the tone of the show. Yes. Now, now we've got uh, you know they they've got a device that can summon them, but it can't. Its signal can't penetrate human tissue, and they're too tiny to operate and remove. Also, it kind of no. I was gonna say it kind of feels like they might just find their way out by like xenomorph style, <laughs> but I guess they didn't burst through the uh, the room. No, and I, mean, I mean the thing is, by the time they leave, he might have no uh, intestinal bacteria left. Yeah. yeah, so it is important to maintain proper gut flora. Yes, and not let nanobots destroy it. But good news: it turns out they know somebody who owns a shrink ray. Good news, everyone. And it also, is also also great Kate, episode of Futurama. 
Yes, that that is a uh, a great episode of Futurama. Uh, also, we we confirm here that Cade is one hundred percent a top because he doesn't want anything going into him. <laughs> I mean, I think we all knew that. Yeah, we all knew that. So yeah, it, it is time to quade it up. So, I know we have a title drop, but what is it called when someone title drops the thing that you're riffing on? Multiple of the things you're riffing on. They they roll off Inner Space and Fantastic Voyage and something else in there in, in like, two sentences. And even throwing, like, a To Boldly Go, which is like, wait, you're doing Star Trek (laughs) 2? You know, I don't think Star Trek has done a Fantastic Voyage episode that I can recall. I, the animated series, I swear, has done one. I say, God, probably Voyager or something. Or maybe Voyager. Well, I know, uh, I know Deep Space Nine has the one The animated the, at least had, like, giant Where the ship spots. gets shrunk. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they all get into their spaceship, and they're going to shrink it down. It actually does kind of look like the pod from Inner Space. Yeah. So it already looked, I mean, it just looks like their ship, but their ship does kind of look like that pod. And also we get a brief look at the mobile headquarters. Yay! That is uh, parked in here, too. Oh, wow, we haven't seen that. Just hanging out, being yeah. unreasonably large and destructive to your infrastructure. Listen, we haven't seen it since the uh, since the delightful Riders of Midwinter, the, the one where we... Uh, where we learned that uh, on Griffin Rock, the holidays means bread. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to need to get some nice warm bread for the holidays this year. Uh, so, yeah, they, uh, they they all head in. They, uh, they, they plant it on a donut, which he then eats. Of course. And then they end up in his stomach, which indeed is full of, like, I mean, for storytelling purposes and for, like, kid show reasons, Cade isn't as full of goop as he probably should be. <laughs> though, it, yeah, no, we don't, we don't see blood. We see green goop, though, which is... Well, that's his odd. stomach acid. Yeah. Though, Chase does, uh, not just yet, but soon he does observe that humans do retain many types of fluids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and later upon exiting Cade, he does say that, uh, he compliments them by saying that your fluids appear adequately viscous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I can find at least twice in Star Trek that a ship has been shrunk. Okay. Right. The animated series, of course, and uh-huh. DS9, neither of which involved going inside someone, as far as I can right, tell. Right, I know. I know. It's shocking. It's Didn't, insane. Was, was David Wise the one who wrote for Star Trek the Animated Series? I think that's where he got his start, yes. Huh. So it is kind of surprising that they didn't have an episode where people got oh. shrunk and went into oh, people. Yeah. Well, although this I think a in that... Paul Schrader written episode, so... Wait, Paul Schrader? Uh, Schneider? Wrote... Schneider. Oh, okay, because Paul Schrader's the guy who wrote Taxi Driver. <laughs> Wait, did he write Paul? One of these days, a hard rain's gonna fall on your gallbladder. <laughs> he wrote some movies and in the, the 60s, but not that. And wash the scum out of your kidneys. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, they, they find three of these, um, in his stomach, and it is now roundup time as the soundtrack to City Slickers begins playing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also, at, at this point, Doc Green tells them to have a fantastic voyage. Yes. <laughs> so that they they do wrangle three of these. And, and uh, oh, what is, is it? Chase that complains about how squishy he is. Yes. Heatwave. Or no, I think it's Heatwave. Heatwave comments that uh, that he's squishy. Yes. That he's soft. He's soft and weak. Okay, not quite like that. <laughs> oh, right. It's Blades who says, ugh, squishy. Yes. And Boulder says, no wonder humans can't transform. They're missing so many parts. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so they, they, they now know the next three, they're on Cade's spine. Is sort of upsetting. They they lash yeah. the uh, the giant nanobots to the top of their ship because they're too big to actually yes. wrangle into it. And yes, now they go to Cade's spine, which they somehow get to from his stomach. Yes, vicinity. You know, they're we miss the scene where they drill it through his uh, digestive tract. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, at, at one point, Cade complains about being tickled from the inside. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's how that works. Anyway, they, they, they get to his spine, and uh, which is surrounded by crackles of electricity. And yes, the first thing I thought of was definitely Megatron's evil, evil brain impulse. Yes. Also, his spine is just exposed because children's cartoon. I love his evil brain impulses. <laughs> His brain impulses are just inherently so evil that they they take on evil qualities all by themselves. So great. Anyway. And uh, yeah, Chase asks, do all humans contain inclement weather? <laughs> <laughs> no, just Cade. But it seems that they're, there's, you know, they're... Oh, where's the... Shoot... Well, he's texting Haley at the moment, and they're worried that that is what is causing these brain impulses. I'm not sure where these brain impulses are going, but I don't want to think about it too much. <laughs> but it's actually just because he's tapping his foot. Yes. <laughs> I guess if it was all the blood rushing somewhere, then you really wouldn't want to think about that. Uh, but no, it seems that these, uh, that they've, they're not just eating the bacteria, they're also eating his, the, his myelin sheath. Oh no! That's important. Uh-huh. You need that. And that is making the electricity escape because science. Science! <laughs> and it's zapping them. It's enough electricity to zap them. Yes. Curse those evil brain impulses. So, now, now, it's interesting here that we, we don't have a time limit here, which is usually a thing with the... Uh, with Fantastic Voyage type things, whether A, we're going to run out of air, or B, we are going to expand. Oh, that's a good point. In X amount of time. Mm. I mean, it's possible that is too much peril. Maybe. That's too much. Maybe that's too much to keep track of. Yes. For little kids. Well, you kind of don't need. The peril is, oh, these things are going to eat through Cade, not we're going to explode inside him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the. the if we don't get out in time, we're going to expand is an extremely gross kind of peril. Yes. Yeah, that that's that's always weird. Uh, I think the only thing that I think the only time I've ever actually seen that not averted is on an episode of Archer. 
<laughs> yeah, there need Where to be they... more examples of, whoops, we fucked that one up. <laughs> well, that's that, that Archer for you. Hmm. Pop. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, they... Uh, they do finally get these, although not before Blades crashes into one of uh, Cade's nerves, making him lose all feeling in his legs. <gasps> well, now he's Sorry. paralyzed. Now he's paraplegic. Yep. Good job. Whoops. Whoops. Th- th- those grow back, right? <laughs> and then, unfortunately, they have secured these mites in a way that they are chewing through the ship's hull and damaging the ignition system. So that's... So they have to jumpstart the, uh... That's kind of a time limitation. jumpstart the ship with one of his... With, one, with Cade's own brain impulses. <laughs> Exciting. And then one of the mother mites breaks free. Uh, Heatwave has to lasso it with uh, one of his energy weapons. Yes. There are like three different power up and energizes in this episode. It's, uh, it's yes. pretty great. <clears throat> Selling those upgrades. And, but luckily, Cade can sneeze on command, which is enough to <laughs> propel them. Also, to gross Danny out. Yeah, and which is which is exactly what they do in at the end of Inner Space. I like how they uh, they point out that they're going to they need to head for his head because there are plenty of exits there. They've got a little yes. diagram with his mouth and his nose and his ears highlighted. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if this this show is probably for a slightly too young demographic to use orifices. Yes. <laughs> I was also going to say that it's also probably for a slightly too young demographic to use the other end. Yes. <laughs> I Wait, have... Any inner space versions actually ever use the other end as an exit? Wasn't that entirely I'm what sh- the Futurama one was about? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Listen, once we stimulate this ganglion, he'll be lucky if he has any bones left. And probably the Rick and Morty. I don't remember <laughs> how they got out. I just remember that it involved STDs, and one of them was voiced by John Oliver. <laughs> was it Chlamydia? I don't. I think it was something like because there's the whole. Well, it thing was about a nice that, STD. There's the whole thing about that uh, that koala chlamydia research facility being named after him. Oh no! This was even before that. <laughs> this was years before that. That's great. <laughs> oh God, wait! He's been too, involved in two STD things. Now we're gonna look it up. So the uh, you see, yeah, the the ship gets out. Uh, they are. The scrub mites are put back in their box, and uh, the the ship and its inhabitants are submitted to uh, some kind of rebigulator. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, everything every everything is back to normal, mostly except Doc Green. He's going for dinner and a science with uh, Professor Baranova. So they're going to do an experiment over dinner. Bow chicka bow wow bow wow. <laughs> Well, this, this being a kid show prevents us from speculating more. Yes. Uh, but I will say that we uh, we do get an addition to the cast in the next season. <gasps> oh. So uh, let, let's just say those experiments were successful. <gasps> oh my god. She seems a little old, but 
I guess. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that myself. She's. I mean, I mean, science. I guess she was like, yes. I'm sure life finds a way. I mean, it, it's a good thing that Doc Green invented that uh, menopause reversal ray. Yeah. <laughs> I call it the cold flasher. <laughs> no. I do not want it. And uh, that is the episode. This, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, the the Fantastic Voyage is a well-worn cartoon plot. Yeah. Yep, that is definitely one of those plots that always work. And yeah, I feel like it worked. But, you know, it's a fun one. It involves Cade, who's always enjoyable when he is the butt of the joke. Yes. It's a lot of fun picking on Cade. So, yeah, it's a fun episode. The mm. uh, the designs mm. of the little uh, nano scrubbers was pretty cute. Yes. So uh, see it, see it, and uh, also see uh, Inner Space. Yes. Great movie. <laughs> I have not seen that in a long time, but I definitely saw it when I was probably too young to have been seeing it. I mean, it was one of those movies I saw way too many times on TV. I mean, I it was it was a VHS rental for for us when I was a kid, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's not. That inappropriate. Although you do see um, uh, Robert Picardo wearing nothing but uh, underwear and cowboy boots. Yeah. Oh, and Upsetting. Uh, and he notes himself. He leaves the bet. He leaves the boots on. Uh, <laughs> Ew. I mean, there was also a lot of innuendo in now considered a children's classic Ghostbusters, so. Yeah, that's true. You know what movie I really liked as a kid was Time Bandits. Yeah, that one's (laughs) barely appropriate for children. There's not a ton of innuendo in it, but uh, it doesn't But there's the ending of the movie. Whenever I have friends talking about how, like, their parents wouldn't let them watch certain things when they were a kid, I just think of how my dad would be like, that's not really a kid's movie, and then not actually intervene in any way. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, still I gonna watch it. I don't think my parents it. really stopped me much. Yeah. Unless it was like heavy R with gore or something, but I didn't want to watch most of those I anyways. mean, as far anyway, as I, I will say that, stuff like uh, Ghostbusters went, there was basically a, a rule that as long as I did not... Uh, Start swearing, then it was okay. I mean, you're lucky you didn't start smoking. Everybody is constantly smoking in that movie. My dad smoked. Well, it was fine. <laughs> anyway, the important thing is that there is some. There's definitely some innuendo in inner space, but nobody gets blown by a ghost. Yes, I <laughs> no. definitely did not understand any of what was going on. <laughs> hmm. I'm still not sure why everybody thought that induced eye crossing. <laughs> that comes up multiple times. It's possible that uh, it's because those movies were written entirely by men. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what happens? I don't know. I guess my eyes cross. <laughs> I'm not really paying attention <laughs> to what my face is doing. Nope. <laughs> anyway, uh, I believe that now brings us somehow to David's Tokusatsu Corner. 
Maybe that's just Dan Aykroyd's O face, which is very upsetting. Yes, this week we start a new series. I do not want to break out a new DVD that just arrived. Dan Aykroyd's O face. No, thank you. Nya 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 nya. GQ Sentai Five Man. Whoa, 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 my brother. Whoa, 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 my sister. It's about siblings, which. It is the second Sentai I've done for this. This is about siblings. Uh, GQ Sentai, so they must all be like really well dressed, right? Uh, oh, oh, GQ. Uh, it, it's GQ. Wait, what does this actually stand for? Uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, like Earth Defense Force or something. Uh, there's a family from Earth on the planet Shidon, which is a desert world, a dead world, Arrakis. Now, was this one adapted into a Power Rangers series? No. This is two series before they started doing Power Rangers. Ah. We're going backwards, finally. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Shout Factory had to go direct to Toei to get these. Although maybe they still had to go through Hasbro. But this is the first series since Hasbro bought Power Rangers that we've gotten on DVD that's like a Sentai show, not just... Them releasing more Power Rangers. Uh. Yay, licensing stuff getting worked out. I'm a big <laughs> fan of stuff becoming available. Yes. Speaking of which, they also just announced that Alba Ranger there is coming out, which is... They're going in both directions. They're, like, doing a series before Power Rangers and a further series in that they've done in Power Rangers. They seem to be alternating, which is what they were starting to do before Hasbro licensed it. So I, I assume Alba Ranger, they must be from Sweden, yes. right? Yes. Oddly, that series... Oh, no. Wait, is that the one that involves Dancing music? Dancing Queen. It's one of the... Do, do, it's one of the two dinosaur series. Of the tambourine. Oh, There's like yeah. five or six... Five or six dinosaur-themed Sentai series now. One of them does involve music. That may not be Aberranger. Dancing Queen. It's one of the later ones. Eh, I haven't seen it. Anyway, back to Five Man. In space... But so many men. On Tatooine, you have two scientist parents, three scientist kids, and then there's two alien kids that are there. They're, they're, the, the humans are there trying to revitalize this dead planet, and, and they've gotten flowers to grow on it. And then their, their, their uh, robot butler comes through with two baby twins, which I guess were just delivered, but the mom and dad are working in the field. I guess the, the babies were in an incubator or something. Anyway. I would just like to... I would just like to point out that my aforementioned father has a master's degree in biology and I never got any superpowers or magical artifacts or anything out of it. And I have lived my entire... And he never built a robot He never for built you. me a robot. He never built me a mutant sidekick. He just... I'm, I'm just very disappointed. <laughs> anyway, the whole family is gathered together. The robot takes a picture of the mom, all the kids, and the two aliens. And then suddenly aliens attack that are not... Oh, the, the two aliens that are there, they look kind of like gray aliens wearing cat ears. <laughs> like... Okay. It's a very strange like design. In, is it obviously something they're wearing, or do they just have cat ears? They're smooth, gray-looking aliens. They have a little bit more features than grays usually have. They're wearing clothes. Okay. But they have fuzzy cat ears on the sides of their heads that stand out a so lot. So they're 
As if they're just wearing fake cat ears. So they're fuzzy, so they do seem to be, like, made of something other than that. The rest of their head, yes. That's really weird, yeah. It is very weird, but they apparently are, as far as I can tell, are only in this episode because they get deaded as the aliens attack. Aww. That the flowers are shot. I don't see these two aliens anymore. And the parents are trying to evacuate their children to get to the, the... space station that looks like it's going to turn into a robot later off planet. Well, I guess if they were going to immediately kill them, they didn't want to invest too much in their costumes. Yes. So the the aliens come down. There's a bunch of generic mooks and and there's a big mushroom-looking thing wearing a turban. The other aliens are all sexy people in armor. (laughs) Of course. the, The parents sacrifice themselves as... To get the children off planet, the, the base explodes. Children are going to space with their robot nanny. I never got to go to space. I didn't have a robot <laughs> nanny. Uh, cut to 20 years later, on Earth, all of those little kids have grown up, two of which have never seen their faces of their parents other than the last photograph they took. Aww. And the, all five of them are teachers at the same mm. school. Okay. Coincidence? Oh, yes. Uh, and this 20 years later is the spring of 1990. Convenient. So this was scientists on another planet in 1970. Sure. 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 In this setting, in this world, that is possible. Well, the, the, the original... Uh, Zoo Ranger that the Power Rangers are based upon involved taking a space shuttle to the moon in the first episode. It sounds fun. So space travel is often far more advanced in Sentai than it is in reality. Because Sentai is apparently a better version of reality. Kinda, yeah. Anyway, they're all teachers. Uh, one of them's a music teacher. We got a gym teacher, a math teacher, a paper airplane making teacher, and a biology teacher. Sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, what now, teacher? Paper teach airplane? Teach an entire Is that a course? course. I might have missed exactly what class he's supposed to be teaching, but he just had the students make paper airplanes and chuck them out a window. Maybe he's an art teacher. I don't know. Physics? I mean, all he wants to do is blam, 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 <laughs> and take your money. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Or maybe he was a board history teacher. I don't know. He could be a physics teacher or an engineering teacher. In the middle of class on, I don't know, maybe it's their first day or something. Aliens attack! Surprise! It's the same aliens. The, oh, what exactly are they called? Galactic Imperial Army Zone. Which is kind of a mouthful. Uh, they, they've arrived. The, the face of their giant emperor's, empress meadow just appears in the sky and tells them, I have taken over, we have taken over 999 worlds. This will be the thousandth. This will grant me immortality. Sure. Okay. They gotta have a goal. Okay. But they fucked up a shitload of planets. This is the, the final one they need. They're destroying the school and, well, the rest of the city. The, the, the teachers, characters, siblings, manage to evacuate all the children. Children are sad. Their school is destroyed. Okay? I would be kind of sad. If everyone had evacuated safely and my school was blown up as a child, I think I would give that a thumbs up. 
I might have been sad but, if my know, elementary school was closed. I would have been perfectly fine if my high school was destroyed completely. I kind of preferred high school, but that's me. Anyway, um, the, the, the fighting off. Oh, the, the five men bring out their three vehicles. Wait, why don't they have five? They're numbered five. Anyway, and they attack the alien spaceships and things. It blows them up. There's there's a jet, a car, and a van. I don't know what they're specifically called, but they're, they're they look like a jet, a van, and in a car. It's weird. <laughs> I think they, they why don't you have a tank? I mean, I guess a tank can't go really really fast and look cool. But Maybe a drill tank. Still. If drill can, if drill tanks can exist, then normal tanks can go fast. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of surprised they don't have a drill tank. Usually there is drills involved. Anyway, so the, uh, the aliens are surprised. Like, what the fuck's going on? Who's st- attacking us? No one should be prepared. No one should know where we're coming. No one should be ready for us. And, th- and then we have the, the, the five five men running at the camera really freaking fast. <laughs> like, as if they're flash fast. And they confront the art. The army of zone is like, we're going to kick your ass. It's like, wait, what? To be continued. No robot fight. We don't see a giant robot. What? Earlier in the episode, we do see the monster of the week. Gamarugan, who sort of folds up into a turtle. It is very, very much feels like a playoff of Gamera. There should oh. always, always be a giant robot fight. And it's sad when there isn't. There should, but this is the first episodes when you're introducing characters and concepts, and you have like five heroes and at least five bad guys. Well, your concept kind of should be there are robots and they're fighting. Yes, but it is set up aliens. It's fine. It was, I guess, basic, interesting first episode. It, it's it's fine. First episode, you can do a little stuff because the first episode often, if you put a giant robot fight in, it'd be too crowded. But I need to save it for the second episode. But giant robots. I know. They need to I fight know. more. We're getting there. There's a second episode and many, many more. <laughs> okay. As long as it's fighting fine. happens. It's good. And of course there's Power Rangers news because there was recent Hasbro stuff. What? We got Transformers things, but I didn't really pay attention to the news that much. Other than that well they're the new series, they're using robots from Q-Ranger, which had oh, no. 12 Power Rangers. Oh, no. Although Q, I think, actually means 10. So it's 10 Ranger, but they ended up with 12. That's too but many Rangers. They're doing all new um, suit at fighting, like normal Power Ranger suits, not the giant oh. stuff. So they're using modified versions of the last season suits, because like Power Rangers for a bunch of seasons they've been doing like two seasons that are connected it's like 20 episodes and then out of 20 or whatever whatever the weird schedule is but this is the first time in a while they haven't been using the suits of the series they're making the robots from so we have a Die Ranger situation where they're using the Zords but they're not using the suits again which hasn't happened since the last series I did a thing on it's like okay that's odd <laughs> but of course, this is also under Hasbro and, and stuff and whatever's going on with there. I blame Hasbro. I'm sorry, Hasbro. <laughs> yes. And we're getting a toy version of Snizzard, one of the monsters of the week from Power Rangers, the original Mighty oh, sure. Power Rangers. 
We've had a couple of those now. Yeah, right? I know. But I think this is... Um, oh, who's... Wait. I think... Holly's had pumpkin uh, wrapper. Yes, pumpkin... I, I, if I see pumpkin wrapper again, I might buy it, but... I believe they've also done King Sphinx. Yes. Oh, I did remember it. I think I saw him at Target. This will be a toy based upon a monster that was voiced by Brian Cranston. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Which is an odd little bit of history. <clears throat> oh, oh, another thing. Um, uh, oh, what are their actual names? Because I forgot. Okay, uh, David Yost and Walter Jones from the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are coming back for the 30th anniversary. Nice. Well, that's nice. I, I was, I, I was sort of under the impression that Yost had kind of not connected again with the franchise due to Unpleasant experiences. Yeah, well, not necessarily with his fellow cast members. Mm-hmm. No, not not the fellow actors. Some of the production staff were assholes to him, to be quite honest. Yeah, but apparently the current staff is okay, and and he's coming back, which is nice. That's I nice. mean, I can't imagine there's much of anyone left from that thirty years ago. Oh goodness, no. Saban is long gone, oh. and everybody under him. Okay. Uh, I would just like to point out again that. Uh, the original Pink Ranger, whose name has slipped my mind for some reason. Kimberly. Well, I... Uh, the character? Now lives in Canada. Oh. oh. Yeah, she's been doing a lot of acting stuff all along. Yeah, and she, and she was on a Canadian cop show for a fairly long time. Oh, oh no. Uh, uh, Amy Jo Johnson. Yes, that's right. I'm just going to bring up the original Yellow Ranger and then go feel sad for a bit. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. very sad. Anyway. Actually, I think finally bringing Yost back might be uh, all the older characters have shown up. All, all, all the living ones, I guess. Yes. <laughs> On better, lighter news, there's a, a title leak for... Much as how we have fans who dig up... Uh, Licensing of new names for Transformers and stuff. There is also that for Toa or for uh, Tokusatsu. The name of the next Sentai series in Japan coming out next year, or is it the end of this year? Whatever. Uh, it'll be Osama Sentai King Oger, which is kind of a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, the the theme is going to be like machines and insects. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means, oh, it's going to be a common Rider themed Sentai. I was going to mention uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs. Well, yes, there there probably will be references to that. I would assume. So, so somebody try and call up LA's fifth best Jay Leno impersonator. <laughs> We've got some work for him. Yes. Yeah. Got a job for you. Oh, hey, uh, hey, 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 Beetleborgs! You hear about this? <laughs> yeah, if. If Hasbro doesn't switch over to a thing that seems to be rumored, or they're going to do like with Netflix, like only doing original Sentai stuff and like not copy, not bringing over footage anymore, or just I think there's a rumor they're going to be like an animated series that's like the original Mighty Morphin with new characters or so. Anyway, if they do bring over this bug themed one, if it is bugs, it would be nice if it's also references Beetleborgs in the background. That would be be fun. Or uh, I don't know. Um, they could reference Masked Rider. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's 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 not. No, no, no. It'd be nicer if they they bring back like just randomly get one of the kid actors from Beetleborgs and have him be the mentor. That'd be fun. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, that's a right. lot of stuff for this week because right, so it's that, a new season and and I had to talk more. Yeah. Right, so that that about does it for uh, for us this week. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, with more rescue bots. And until then, of course, uh, we are all over the internet. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yes. We are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for the month of September, uh, we finally got a chance to talk about Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, we have not yet decided on what's sufficiently spooky for October yet, but it's going to be something fun. Oh. oh, yes. It's always something fun. Did we have suggestions? I feel like I we had did. an idea. I don't, know, I don't know if I want to like let people down if we don't end up doing this, <laughs> but I guess we can cut this out. Well, we can. Yeah, what? And now we cut back from our edited out dialogue. That's right. It will be spooky. That's right. Get ready for spooky Halloween names and so forth. Spooky. I'll have to prepare one. I don't ever want to change my name on Twitter from being the year of skids, though. (laughs) I mean, until skids ends, then I'll change it to something else. But this is still Halloween within the year of skids. So I guess it might be like (laughs) the year of skids being pursued by limbo monsters. Because that happened to him. People forget that because they forget everything to do with him. Because he didn't exist originally. He had no character. He was never there. It it, it is the year of the sexy skids Halloween costume. Yes. Yes, mm. except it's just like an accurate Alex Milne skids costume. <laughs> it's all his robots that, are unreasonably sexy. Or you just go as uh, you just go as Charlene and carry a, uh, a little skids around with you. Yes, that is also acceptable. All right, so and of course we'll be back next week with more uh, rescue bots as we uh, we get as a. A new villain returns. Dun dun dun. And uh, mm-hmm. the uh, and Griffin Rock becomes a regular Jurassic World. Do, 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 do. I still need to watch that latest movie. I don't. You're like you're fine not watching it. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Whoa, 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 my brother. Whoa, 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 my sister.